You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Hello and welcome to the Twisted Sisters podcast. I am your host, Samantha Mello. Um, Allie did her solo podcast last week and it was absolutely amazing. I feel like I learned so much from it. Um, I think it's funny because we both knew we were going to be doing our own podcast, um, our solo podcast, but we didn't talk about our subjects at all to each other. And um, our subjects are kind of similar. <laughs> she went in a different direction, which was like absolutely perfect and totally what I needed to hear. But um, she touched on it a little bit in the beginning of just talking about uh, seasonal depression and um, winter time and just kind of getting off of your normal or feeling off or just any of that and how she what tools she uses to get back on track and how she how she manages those things so I am here in my bedroom today <laughs> um, because Allie's house is where we record our podcast and it is a very long drive for me so I took our recording um, stuff and brought it home and I am recording from home, but it kind of works with what I'm talking about today too, um, and just really what I'm going to be sharing with you guys on. I these solo podcasts kind of make me nervous sometimes, and I don't. It's not so much of like getting on here and I doing it by yourself. I think it's just usually the subjects I'm choosing tend to be a little bit more emotional and really a little more intense for me. I don't know why I do that to myself, but um, something in my heart and soul just wanted me to be transparent about where I'm at, where I've, what I've been going through, and just we, I mean, as all of our listeners know, and if you're new to listening, we really focus on self-growth, self-development. We talk very openly about where we're at, how we're, uh, what tools we're using to get through whatever we're going through. We have incredible people on who have written these beautiful books and just so much wisdom. And even with all of that knowledge and practicing these things daily or um, talking about it, and the subjects we talk about, I am struggling big time. Um, the holidays hit, and the holidays are hard when you have experienced loss of um, people close to you. Holidays are hard because it's stressful. You're trying to manage life and... Um, get all of the things done that you need to with the added stress of 
finances and um, just lots of planning, lots of all that, but we love it, right? We enjoy it and it really is beautiful time with family and our kids and uh, friends, just good food, all the things. And it does fill us up, but it keeps us busy, which is nice. And um, I know I'm saying and a lot right now, but I had the holidays hit um, right in the middle of December. I started treatments called EMDR. For those of you guys who don't know what that is, it is called I Move, or it is um, an abbreviation for um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing is a psychotherapy treatment that was originally designed to alleviate the distress associated with traumatic memories. Um, Shapiro, 1989, uh, was the one that came up with it. Uh, The adapted information processing model posits that EMDR therapy facilitates the accessing and processing of traumatic memories and other adverse life experience to bring these to an adaptive resolution. After successful treatments with EMDR therapy, effective distress is relieved, negative beliefs are reformulated, and psychological arousal is reduced. During EMDR therapy, the client attends to emotionally disturbing material in brief sequential doses while simultaneously simultaneously focusing on an external stimulus. Therapist-directed lateral eye movements are the most used external stimulus, but a variety of other stimuli, including hand tapping and audio stimulation, are often used. The hypothesis that EMDR therapy facilitates the accessing of the traumatic memory network network so that information processing is enhanced with new associations forged between the traumatic memory and more adaptive memories or information these new associations are thought to result in complete information processing new learning elimination of emotional distress distress and development of cognitive insight EMDR therapy uses a three-prolonged protocol. The past events that have laid the groundwork for dysfunction are processed. Forgiving new associative links with adaptive information. The current circumstance that elicit distress are targeted, and internal and external triggers are desensitized. Imaginal templates of future events are incorporated to assist the clients in acquiring the skills needed for adaptive functioning. Um, This I started um, out of a lot of people uh, referring it to me um, for PTSD. Um, And for those of you who do not know what PTSD is, let me tell you that. PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a mental health condition that can occur to people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event or series of events or a set of circumstances. Um, This process definitely made me nervous. Um, And, you know, you, you would be prepared with people saying it's intense, it's a lot, but it really helps and it's amazing. And Obviously, in order to heal, you have to kind of go to those places. Um, 
in this, I try to go in with an open mind and just open heart without any, um, just trying to predict or ideas of what was going to happen or anything like that. But let me tell you, it really has been intense. Um, every day I, or not every day, um, I have appointment every couple weeks. Um, it started out with more talking about traumatic events in your life. Um, I started and I feel like I spent three sessions digging into different traumatic events that you don't even recognize, um, anymore that are there until they start asking you questions about childhood, about teenage years, about, um, relationships, about all the things. And as I'm going through it, I left one of the appointments just going like, dang, I have blocked a lot out. (laughs) Um, PTSD is actually very much a part of that, why you block out certain events. Um, But what I've learned throughout my healing and learning and uh, my my journey, I would say, is that PTSD isn't like, I, I just, I remember hearing that and thinking like, oh, I don't have PTSD. Um, and then it clicked and it was like, of course I do. Um, I found my partner, you know, passed away uh, in our garage with my newborn. And um, that would be like the major one, but there was a lot of events leading up to that moment um, of dealing with somebody who is struggling with addiction in and out, um, dealing with my father who had passed away, just a lot of different things. And um, it all kind of blends together. But um, at the same point, my body and mind have not been connecting very well. So after the holidays, I'm going to kind of click back here. After the holidays, I had a few appointments um, and I felt pretty okay with it. But um, I had an event, a couple events happen that really just triggered me. And it's really hard because that word trigger, I feel like it's thrown around so easily and carelessly, but that's really what it did. And what I didn't recognize was that even though my mind can process and the way I think a lot of times is I can look at all sides of the equation. I can say, well, this is what they did and this is how it made me feel. But I can I can look at the side of this is, you know, why they're doing it, where they're at and have compassion for other situations and the person in all of that. But what that does is I'm always putting my own feelings and where I'm at and how it's made me feel to the side for them. Basically saying, well, it's not okay what they did, but this, you know, they, they struggle with this and they're dealing with this and they've had to do uh, they've had this situation happen to them when they were younger and 
um, or they were drunk or whatever the situation is. You kind of make excuses for them, but you take it all on yourself. (laughs) And I will put my feelings and what's going on with me aside. Um, And this has been a cycle for me probably for a while now. And I, I had a couple of situations that really triggered my fight or flight and um, emotional and um, personally. So it was really hard. It felt like a switch flipped and it scared the living shit out of me. Um, it was like a switch flipped. I was no longer feeling. I gave zero fucks. That's the only way I could explain it. My give a fuck became broken. Um, I was starting to get asked from people if I was okay. And I felt like I was faking it pretty good. <laughs> but obviously, I was not. Um, but I felt like I just switched. That's the only thing I can explain it to. A switch was flipped and my body went into survival mode again. It was protecting me from everything, which meant that I was now disassociating all the time, um, almost daily. I, which disassociation, the best that I can describe it for myself is where my mind and my audible skills, my mind will just kind of go blank. Um, you can, somebody could talk to me and I won't process it. Um, my audible skills become almost mute whenever I feel pressure or if somebody's asking me a question I, that feels like a lot, I will just shut down. I'll stumble over my words and I literally cannot speak. A lot of times when these moments happen, I will remove myself from anybody I'm around or work or um, fam- who, whoever I'm around. I will kind of push through it as much as I can and then I will hide out until the disassociation is gone, which usually for me takes sleep. Um, I started to have panic attacks Um, My anxiety rose to a level that I have never experienced. Even after um, Matt's passing and that situation, I had a constant tightness in my chest. I couldn't breathe. I wasn't sleeping. I was either going through extreme bouts of just sleepiness, but... I can't just take a nap when I needed to because I have a three-year-old daughter who requires things of me. Um, So it was like starting to hurt. It was like this lack of sleep, my body needing sleep, but not being able to, which goes back to also some traumatic events that have happened to me. Um, I had the tightness. I I wasn't sleeping I was fidgeting. I was moving my hands all the time. I could tell that I was moving slower, talking slower. Just all the things that I almost feared coming back came back fast, hard, and almost like with a vengeance. 
Um, not very many people knew or have known that I've been going through this for the last month, I would say. Um, it was coming in and out. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. It felt like I had gone backwards. Um, I have all these tools, all these things to use, and it felt like nothing was working. I'm trying to meditate. I was trying to um, ground myself. I was trying to get my mind to take control over my body, but my body was winning, and my body felt like it was betraying me in a huge sense, and um, I was laughing, but it didn't really feel like I was laughing. Um, There was moments where I knew I would feel, I should have felt emotion. I wasn't feeling emotion, Um, and even anger at that point, I just, whatever. That was my feeling, was just, I don't even care. I don't care. Um, then the shame and guilt and the feeling of how did I get here? How did I get back to this place? What happened? Why am I feeling this way? I need to work on myself. I need to figure this out. And it was like this obsession with trying to figure out why I was being triggered so hard, what situation, all the things. But I had another EMDR appointment and she, I went in and first thing she asked when I walked in, she was like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, you don't like, she's like, I don't want to offend you, but something looks off. And I just said, yeah, I'm extremely disassociated today. Like I was staring off. I was blank. It felt like just blankness behind my eyes. Um, She's like, I, this is a very different version of you. And I said, yeah, I do not feel like myself whatsoever. Um, I have no urge to go to the gym. I have no urge to go out and be around anybody. I had a trip planned. Um, Actually, I was supposed to be getting back today from. And um, I decided not to go. I didn't even care to travel. I didn't care to be around anybody. I didn't care to really do anything. Um, This was really hard. And you sit there and you look like, okay, is this seasonal depression? A lot of people brought that up, which if you guys don't know what seasonal depression is, (laughs) let me tell you. Um, It's abbreviated as SAD. It's called Seasonal Affective Disorder. Seasonal Affective Disorder is a form of depression also known as SAD. Seasonal depression or winter depression. um, People with SAD experience mood changes, symptoms similar to depression. These symptoms can usually occur during the fall and winter months when there's less sunlight, usually improve with the arrival of spring. Um, Obviously... I well not obviously for our listeners I am located in the Midwest and um, I know that this is something that occurs and I deal with more of like the lack of motivation to get out you have less 
daylight, you have less sunlight, but this feels very different from that. But it got my mind spinning as I've been coming out of this place and um, just about questions and wondering, is this, you know, not that you try to label it, but you're tr- I'm trying to kind of figure out where where is it coming from? Is it dealing with the PTSD? Is it seasonal depression? Is it, um, you know, doing the EMDR and digging into that? Or is this just where I'm at? Um, and it's honestly all of the above, but it got me thinking about seasonal depression. And I know we always talk about it in the Midwest. And I know that they call seasonal depression because we have lack of sunlight, um, all of all of the things. But I just have a hard time thinking that this only happens in the Midwest or in the northern states. I know that it's more popular, but I would all over the United States we had record amounts of cold weather. So even though it might not be as extreme for us here in Minnesota because we're used to the cold weather, I know that the West Coast was getting snow on um, the boardwalk and stuff. I Florida had abnormally cold temperatures. All of these places that tend to be on the warmer side were freezing cold, crazy weather, rain nonstop. And it has to affect everybody. I just know it does. So I really wanted to do uh, my own little research of just finding out how many people deal with it and, you know, is it all over? And then to stem off of that, I believe that it doesn't just stem from lack of sunlight and all of that. I think it stems off of coming off the holidays. So many people were busy. We're busy. We don't have time to think about anything. We're moving. We have our kids. You have all these things. And something about these months, I would say January, February, that we're almost forced to slow down in a way that probably isn't the healthiest, whether it's weather whether it's just lack of activities and things to look forward to. Um, We're forced to slow down. We go inside a lot earlier. Uh, There's darkness a lot longer. So there's not a whole lot you can do at night. And hence that there is, I get the sunlight and the vitamin D, but there isn't a whole lot you can do at night. There really isn't. So you tend to just hibernate a little bit more and it feels good right away it feels good it's like oh I get this break this feels great but then everything kind of hits you're stuck with yourself you're stuck with your thoughts you're stuck with now feeling all the feels that maybe you didn't get to feel through the holidays whether you had lost somebody close to you recently or even years ago but these moments just remind you that they're no longer here. Um, you don't get time to grieve that. You think about it, you feel sad, but you don't stop and just grieve it and really feel it because you got to push through. You got to do something else. You got to be somewhere. 
and we just go, 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 and then we stop, and although I, like, feared kind of these symptoms and these things happening to me, I'm also weirdly grateful that it's happening now uh, at a point where I don't really have to be anywhere. Um, I don't have to go outside and take care of a ton of things or it's just a different pace. I I get to sit and be with myself in a way um, and hide out to a point. I mean, I've definitely been hiding out. Um, It's hard. It's really hard. So I'm going through these EMDR classes and, or not classes, but um, appointments. And I'm just been triggered in one of the most major ways I've ever been triggered in the last three years. So what incredible timing is that? I'm not triggered by the EMDR classes. I'm triggered by situations happening around me and with relationships. Um, I realize that my body lacks a lot of feelings of safety. Um, my body lacks feelings of um, safety. I would say that's the biggest one. Um, so anytime I that is challenged or um, I'm hit with a situation where I don't feel safe emotionally, don't feel safe physically, um, literally my body shuts down. It's really frustrating, um, especially when you have so many amazing things going on. We had our episode on the news on CARE 11, and it was so exciting. And I felt like I couldn't even enjoy it. I felt like moments that I was supposed to be enjoying were being taken away from me in one way or another. And it wasn't my choice. Um, It was my choice in the situations or people that I was around or um, things like that. But it just really fueled me to switch that button, to switch that flip of, of the switch of just saying like, this is all too much. It's overwhelming. And I quit. And that's what I did. I just kind of quit. <laughs> and uh, as you can tell today, I am here and I am not quitting. I have not quit. But I, I took about two weeks. Um, I had to. My body was telling me so many things. My back had gone out at one point. Um, The exhaustion I was feeling was so bad. Um, I couldn't work out. My mind was constant fog. And this anxiety, man, this anxiety took over. Um, I was taking more anxiety medication I ever have in my life. Um, I had to. I had to do it just so that I could stop and actually breathe. My chest was so tight, 
I almost had to go to the ER and be like, am I having a heart attack? What's going on? But I knew what it was. Because as soon as, um, as soon as I would take the medication, I would calm down. I, and the tightness would, I fix itself a little bit, but I would become so obsessed as soon as that anxiety would start. I would wake up in the morning thinking I felt really good. This is going to be a good day. This is going to be different. Today is going to be the day that I start getting out of this. And that was really how I approached every day. Um, and it would be maybe a matter of an hour and I would be spiraling. And then I would have to take a nap. I'd wake up from the nap. I wouldn't be as disassociated. Okay, now is the time that I'm going to feel better. I'm going to cook some dinner. I'm going to get some stuff done. Um, I would get up, take two steps, and I'd sit right back down. My house was a disaster. My dishes had been in the sink for about a week. I um, only showered if I had to go to work or something. Um, I tried to get myself ready to feel better about myself because I'm definitely a firm believer in the better you feel or the better you look and the you know if you dress and you do the things that make you uh, to yourself look better that you're going to feel better um, I was not fooling anything the thing was the thing with it is that my mind <laughs> I could not fool my mind um, or excuse me not that I could not fool my body my mind is all over the place. My mind has, I have all these feelings. I have all these thoughts. I'm going in circles or I'm just not thinking anything at all and I'm going through the motions, but my body is sitting over here going, nope, I still feel unsafe. I still feel all of this and I'm protecting you. And so I felt scared. I felt really scared. I felt like I was failing. Um, here I am talking and I have all of these tools I have all of these incredible things that I share with people all the time that have helped me multiple times um, I have resources around me that are absolutely incredible and I can't do any of it <laughs> I can't do any of it I don't even want to talk to anybody and I don't even know how to say anything nothing's coming out of my mouth right nothing's uh, being done and I feel like I am falling backwards. And then it's the fear of what if this doesn't stop? What if I'm stuck in this? Um, what if this starts to affect all the work and all the things that I have done? Um, and that fear only feeds the beast. So as I'm being vulnerable and sharing all of this, I just want to really be open because I know I'm not the only one. I know that I am not the only one and people in Minnesota or in the Northwest are not the only ones. I know that there are people all over the United States and the world who are dealing with depression and anxiety and situations in these months particularly for different reasons. Can we call it seasonal depression? Yes. But how do you, you know, I'm sure you're asking like, well, then Sam, how, do, how are you getting out of it? What happened now? Where are you at? What's going on now? So I did, 
another EMDR class, or I keep saying class, appointment. Um, And this one I wanted to cancel, did not want to go, because I just was worried, like, what's going to happen now? Um, And she's doing it, what it is, is it's eye movement. So we talk, and she does a, a movement with her hands. And you follow it with your eyes. She goes at different speeds. She um, goes different kind of movements and ways. You don't even have to say anything. But you follow this. And then for a certain amount of time. And you stop and you take a deep breath. And then you say where you're at. (laughs) So I'm doing this appointment. And she does it the first time, and I was like, yeah, I had a bajillion things going on in my head, never finished a single thought because it went straight to the next one, and she's laughing, and she's like, I love your honesty. And um, I'm like, okay, let's do this again. So we do it again. And I was like, okay. That next one, I was just hyper-focused on what your fingers look like and kind of like, am I doing this right I feel like my eyes aren't following this correctly, that kind of, those kind of thoughts. And so, I, you know, we kind of laughed a little bit about it, and then we do it again. And then the third time, I had just more of like a calmness. I wasn't really thinking anything. Um, don't, wasn't even feeling anything. I was, I just told her, I'm like, I feel like I zoned out for a second there, but I was watching it. She's like, okay. So then we did it again. She's like, do you, are you okay to do another one? I said, yep. We did it again. And after that time, I go, it was like this overwhelming sadness just filled my soul. And I said, I don't know what just happened. I don't know why I'm here or what's going on. It was like to have three go that way and then all of a sudden this one was like I just feel sad and I started crying and I cry now and I was just filled with so much sadness and it was like but part of me almost felt finally relieved because I was actually feeling something I was actually feeling something and I just cried and She's like, is, do you, is there any reason? I said, I know. I have no reasoning. I don't know why. There was no thought in my head that came up that made me cry. I just had this overwhelming sense of sadness. And so we felt it, and I cried. And she's like, do you want to do another one? And I said, yep. And sure enough, I was right back to where I started, right? Thoughts all over the place. And then the second one was more disassociated, kind of paying attention, not paying attention, just kind of going through the movement of it. And it really made me realize, and I stopped her after that one for a second, and I just said, this is very eye-opening as to the way your body responds to situations. I am scared, and I'm fearful of what's going to come up. And so my mind is, let me protect you. We're going to keep your thoughts here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to keep you distracted so that you don't have to feel anything or you don't have to be surprised by anything. We'll just stay active. And then after that, it was like you calm your thoughts, but then it was like 
Well, now I'm going to disassociate. Now we're just going to make sure that your mind and your body aren't connecting and you're going to you're going to stay safe that way. We're going to keep you disconnected and you're safe still. You're good. We have you protected. And then it's like that you know so it's it just made me really realize that our bodies are just naturally doing this. It's nothing we've done. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done anything to deserve it. I haven't done anything in that sense. It's just our natural anatomy. And it's incredible, but at the same point is detrimental. And so it really made me realize that I was probably hyper-focusing and staying busy um, and just trying to run ahead of everything um, in order to protect myself because that's what's worked. <laughs> and uh, so this has been really interesting for me um, doing this. So I want to suggest that if anybody, this doesn't have to be like some crazy story. If you were in a bad relationship for many years, you were abused by your parents, you, I mean, were isolated. There's so many situations that can traumatize somebody. And it's not any, it doesn't have to be something dramatic or this dramatic story. If it's traumatized you, and if you find yourself in these places of cycles, I want to suggest like go do something because the only thing that can rewire your body is time and consistency and that takes a lot of self-control. It takes a lot of time to sit and with your thought and with whatever situation is happening to you at the moment to basically disassemble and break down and change your reaction and your behavior and the way your body is going to react. And let's be real, if you have kids, a spouse, work, anything like that, these moments don't just happen when you're alone. It happens when you're busy, when you're doing life. And so you're sitting there and you're like, "How? I don't have time to break this down. I don't have time to go through and ground myself and say, no, these thoughts aren't real or this feeling and hug my body and tell my body it's safe and, you know, do all the things that make you feel safe, you just, you don't have the ability to do it. And then second of all, your mind can't even process it. Like, so with that being said, this has been an incredible ride for me. Um, I feel at some point after that last appointment I had, um, that next day I went to work <laughs> and Everybody was like, you look so happy today. Like, you look really good. Like, you look like you're doing better. And, you know, because I had told them, I was like, yeah, I'm just off, you know. And the, the weeks previous to that, when everybody kept asking, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, and even, like, a really close friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while. And here I was like, I thought I, you know, I'd had a smile on my face. I, I was enjoying myself, you know, go up to say bye and look me in the eyes and they go, are you doing okay? And it shocked me because here I felt I was faking it the best. Like I've faked it in a while and I was doing a good job at it. And I was shocked. I just was like, what do you mean? I'm fine. And he, they're like, no, something seems off. Like you don't, 
seem, you know, not that it's bad, but I just wanted to check in on you. And it made me realize like I am not faking it as well as I thought I was. And I had gone to work after this appointment and it felt like I I didn't have to fake it. I was actually enjoying my day. I was laughing and I felt like I was laughing. I was feeling joy. And um, it was like, okay, I'm having a, a moment where I'm feeling more like myself. This feels good. This feels great. I went home that night, got the anxiety side of it, right? Um, started with the anxiety, the, ch- the pain in my chest, the fidgeting, the lack of ambition, um, just all the things kind of started again and that fear. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to be in that fear. I'm not going to let it control me. We're just going to acknowledge the anxiety and I'm going to take my anxiety med, which is going to help me. And I'm going to get some sleep and I'm going to do tomorrow. And the next day rolls around and I'm shot. Physically, I'm shot. Mentally, I'm feeling better. Um, but I am shot to where I can't get off the couch all day. My um, arms felt like a thousand pounds, but it had almost like I was, I had pro, like something had broken through in that appointment. There was something that was released. And I don't even know what it is, but I need to not psychoanalyze everything too and just be in it. Um, I had a conversation and um, with a friend and I spent that entire evening, afternoon, evening, crying so hard. Um, it hurt. I haven't cried like that probably since Matt's death. Um, my stomach, it was like from the pit of my stomach, it hurt. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stop. It was uncontrollable to the point where that's another thing with my anxiety is I like will tremble. I will shake to the point where I was like, I'm worried about myself. Like what is going on? I don't even know. Um, But I just kept crying. There was no reasoning. There was nothing in my head going on. It was just I could not stop. Um, And after that, the next day happens. I wake up with the puffy eyes. My eyes are swollen. And I feel like a new person. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, Not a new person, but... I feel lighter. I have patience. I feel like I can smile. I felt. I felt a lot. And it was extreme. But I was feeling. And for me, it was like after a month of not feeling and having that switch flipped so hard off that it made me realize, like, you're okay. You're going to be okay. And you're going to get through this. But it was just something I did not foresee coming. Um, And obviously people would be like, um, the other big event is that uh, Matt's three years of his passing was January 5th. Um, Which was interesting because I thought that I was going to be more, that was going to be a lot, a a much bigger trigger for me. Um, 
but it wasn't. It was had to do a lot with myself and my anger with myself, with choices I make at times, with boundaries that I don't respect that I put up. Um, or I, I shouldn't say that. Um, boundaries that I allow people to disrespect and break through. Um, frustrations with myself on what I was, what I'm able to bring to the table at the moment. Um, not being able to give to friends or family, not being able to show up emotionally for anybody when this is what I'm kind of, this is what I do at this point. This is part of my career. And um, the tough one to, to swallow. <laughs> so I just wanted to come on and be really transparent with what I've been going through and with where I'm at. And I was really scared for a while to do this podcast because I wasn't able to function properly. Um, but I believe in divine timing. I believe, whether you believe in God, spirit, um, you know, I believe in divine timing. And it just so happened that I had scheduled these appointments. I had been referred right before this, during this time. I had nothing going on. Um, I didn't have to be really anywhere. I wasn't traveling. I My son had a little break for some of his, his school and sports. Um, it just so happened that I had the time to cocoon myself. I had the ability to just be with myself and work on this. Um, and not even work on it, but just be. Um, and these uh, appointments just happen to be at the best times. It's just really quite serendipitous sometimes when you think about how things work out when you just have to give up control. And that is really what I think a lot of this comes down to is that the work cannot be done in you and the changes cannot happen unless you give up control and our body will have a way of forcing you to give up control and say nope you're stuck you're here you need to deal with this because there is so much great coming for you there's so much in your investments that are coming back. There's so many things that you have coming, but you need to deal with this crap first. And that's what's going on. So I just want to send an encouragement. Uh, just not a encouragement. I just want to spread encouragement to all of our listeners that you're not alone. Um, you're not crazy you're not you don't need to label it you don't need to figure out why or where it's coming from all the time you just need to know that you're not alone 
your avenue and your path is going to be different from mine. Your ways of handling situations and handling your emotions are going to be different from mine. Why? Childhood traumas, the way we were raised, um, relationships that have shaped us, people around us that have shaped us. We're all going to deal with it differently. And things that might have worked for me might not work for you. But I just want to share my story to give you some hope in that doesn't matter what things can look like from the outside all the time that we're still struggling at times Um, but doesn't mean you're not going to get through it but sometimes we just have to be comfortable being in it so give up some control reach out and find some help for you however that looks whether you have the ability to talk and you can talk to somebody whether you go find a counselor, whether you need to find a medication that might help you get through some of these points. But whatever it is, it's okay how you need to handle it. Um, That's okay. So thank you guys for listening and letting me just share my journey and where I'm at right now. And your guys' support and love during all the amazing times and things that are going on. And I will keep you updated on where I'm at and how my journey is going. So have some compassion for those around you and know that if a friend cancels dinner plans or if things change that it's not you. Sometimes we're just going through some stuff. So I love you all so much thanks for listening and don't forget to stay twisted everybody thank you for listening to the twisted sisters podcast we'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and samantha imperfection is beauty madness is genius and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring twisted Twisted sisters. sisters we're all a little twisted